0: I've watched this multiple times, and it's still stunning to me. If you hear what, did you hear what he said? Speaking about teenagers, he says, when deep distress appears in their lives, they're not turning to a person, but a device, or social media, or things that only offer temporary relief. People are turning to a device, not a person. That should concern us. God created all of us to be relational beings, but our addiction to technology is destroying that side of us. Now, Simon Sinek was talking about young adults, but I think this is true for grown-ups as well. And then he says at the very end, when he talks about the best and worst case scenario, he says, we're seeing an increase in suicide rates. We're seeing an increase in accidental deaths due to drug overdoses. We're seeing more and more kids drop out of school with unexcused absences, or dropping out of school due to depression. And the best case scenario is that you'll find the majority of the population growing up and never really finding joy. These observations don't come from a preacher or a psychologist. This is a business consultant telling us this. I wouldn't expect that. But he is convinced that our technology is impacting our relationships so much. And my point in showing this uh, video of Simon Sinek is to reveal, because I think he did a better job than I could, in revealing how our culture is growing increasingly advanced technologically, but our culture is also increasingly deficient relationally. And there is a disconnect that is robbing the soul of our nation, really the entire world, I think. And you can see the cracks that are forming around the edges of our relationships. Maybe you see those cracks in your own life and you can identify with some of the things that he was saying. So what's the answer? How do we fix this? How do we fight against this kind of drift in our life? Well, I think that the answer is exactly why God gave us a church community. And I know that you might think that's what the pa- answer that the pastor's supposed to give. I'm not trying to be trite with that response, because I've just painted this big, scary picture for you, and now I'm going to tell you the answer to our problem is the church. A church community anchors us with a moral and a spiritual weight that keeps us from shifting and sinking with our culture. It provides us with face-to-face relationships necessary to support each other and hold each other accountable to what is good and true and right, because we've lost sight of that in the greater world. Parents, this is really key for you to understand. You send your kids into a culture every day that is already adrift, a culture that has no moral or spiritual foundation, and our children's ministries— And our youth ministry are here to help you as parents give your kids that foundation. Don't take it for granted. Plus, a church community helps us understand that our purpose in life isn't really merely just to make money or just survive until the weekend. Our purpose in life is to work together to support each other through the trials of life and offer hope to a very confused world. We are to be an oasis to people who are looking for meaning in their life. But these things never happen when we just get up and go to work or go to school and then come home and we veg out and we wait for the weekend. Nothing great happens when people are in survival mode. And if you're not in survival mode, then you're probably in entertainment mode. But God has so much more for you and for me. If you want to make an impact, the impact that you are meant to make in this world, if you want to experience the fulfillment that you are meant to experience, then you and I need to be some part of something that's bigger than ourselves. None of us were created to live in isolation. None of us were created to live alone. And so today I want to look at what the Bible says about the value of engaging in a church community. How do we not take this church that we're sitting in right now for granted? Maybe your thoughts about church are all wrong. Instead of just being a sidebar to your life, how can the church community become the centerpiece of your life? Because God wants to use you in this community of people, and God wants to use this community in your life. So let me start by reviewing for you the three goals that we have for people who are engaged here at First Covenant Church. They're on the bulletin insert, they're on the screen. If you engage in First Covenant and the church community that we have here, we expect these things to show up in your life. So we hope you will develop a pathway for prayer. We hope you will engage in a small group and participate in outreach to the wider surrounding community. Now some of the results that we expect from these three goals is that perhaps some of you will come to know God for the very first time in your life. Many people attend church and actually never get come to know God. They might learn about God, they might know a lot about Jesus, but do they know Jesus? They know a lot about religion and rules, but not necessarily God, and we want you to make a connection with God in a way that transforms your life. Your engagement here will help you experience true life change. When you connect with God, it's his spirit that comes and lives inside of you and starts to change you from the inside out. And that's the game changer because the reality is religion changes us on the outside and then we cross our fingers and hope that you can change on the inside. But it's God who changes you on the inside and that eventually works its way to the outside. Another result of this kind of engagement is we want you to make what I'm calling 2 a.m. friends. Friends that you can call at two o'clock in the morning because you know that they'll support you. They don't look at their phone when the phone rings and they see your name on their phone and they're like, yeah, I don't think so. No, these are people that are gonna answer the phone. These are people who are gonna have your back and are gonna stand with you when life is difficult. We also hope that when you engage in the church community community, that you'll be able to develop kingdom thinking The Bible tells us we are transformed when our mind is renewed, and you can't experience life change unless you change the way you think. So we wanna help you get a new perspective on life by learning what God has to say through his word, the Bible. And finally, I would hope that one of the results of these goals would be, well, one of our goals is to help you serve other people. We know that God is generous in everything God does, And the more you come to know God, the more generous you'll be with your time, your talent, and your finances. So when you look at this list of four items, how many of these things are happening in your life right now? And I'm not asking you this in order to put you on the spot. I'm not trying to shame anyone. But I want you to realize how engaging here in this church community can help you become the person you might want to become. These are fruits of what it looks like to be part of a faith community. If you'd like to know God, and you'd like to experience life change, and you want some 2 a.m. friends, and you want to be a kingdom thinker, and you want to develop a spirit of generosity, then guess what? I have really good news today. We can help you do that. Listen to how one writer described the life of the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. I think the church today is a really long way from what I just read from Acts 2. There's some amazing things happening here in these verses. It says everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs. God added to their number every day. That is a compelling community. Who wouldn't want to be part of a community of people like that? But the key word here, What is it that caused God to move in such a dynamic way in Acts chapter 2? It says they were devoted. And we all know what it means to be devoted. Some of you are devoted to exercise or the latest diet. Some of you are devoted to staying current on Facebook or Instagram. Some of you are devoted to the success of your children. Some of you might be devoted to finding a spouse Some of you are devoted to your motorcycle. Some of you are devoted to hunting and fishing. You're dedicated. You're focused. You're serious about that. Those are all good things. Don't hear me putting a diss on one of your hobbies. But their impact on your life is always going to be limited. Your devotion to these things that I've just ticked off are not things that are going to connect you to God or radically change your life. So if that's what you're looking for, then you need to follow the example in Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Now the writer mentions four objects of our devotion. And so I want to explain them quickly. The apostles' teaching is the teachings of Jesus and the Bible that have been passed down to them. I'm going to ask you to leave that verse up there for a minute. Acts 2 verse 42. The fellowship means the community of believers. This is a word that implies a shared life. So they're not just devoted to having potlucks, but they're actually wanting to help each other out on a daily basis. They're looking out for each other. They're tending to each other. And the breaking of bread is was the weekly communion feast that brought the whole community together to remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. This was an extended time of worship. This wasn't once a month, a five-minute ritual like we do today, what we call communion. It was more like a block party that was celebrating Jesus. It wasn't just a little piece of bread and a thimble of juice. There was tons of food at these parties. And these people prayed together. And prayer wasn't something they did on their own in their own home, but they prayed for each other as a group. And they prayed for each other and the life of their church. So let me ask you, when you look at this verse, to which of these things are you devoted? And what role do these four items play in your life? Again, not looking to shame you, but I'm wanting you to connect the dots and make some application here. If you don't see god moving in your life the way you'd like god to maybe it has to do with your devotion many of us attend church but if we want to see god move like he did in the early church it's going to require another level of engagement for us i hear people's church stories all the time and many of them are on again and off again stories and Many people quit attending church when they were in college, and then they went back to church when they had kids, or they went through divorce and they dropped out of church, and then they met someone who wasn't a Christian, and they broke up, and they came back to church, and then they got really busy, so they quit coming, and then they were in, and they were out, and they were up, and they were down. That is not devotion. That's not the kind of life that's gonna change anything. I'm really glad people come back to church. We want that. It's a good thing. But it's also kind of like going to the gym once a month. It's not going to change anything, and it's not going to give you what you're looking for. And so I'm suggesting to you today that you don't simply attend church. Engage in the community. Devote yourself to God and his people. That's what's going to change your life. That's what's going to give you the life that you're looking for. And so there is a, our ways here to engage beyond Sunday morning. It's what we call small groups. I want you to think about circles instead of rows. I would say we're better in circles than we are in rows. We're better face-to-face than we are shoulder-to-shoulder. There are things that happen when we're face-to-face in a circle that will never happen here on a Sunday morning, shoulder-to-shoulder. Women's Bible studies, men's BSF, Sunday school, small groups are all things that happen in circles. We have a newly formed adult formation team that's going to be looking to add some new ways to connect this year. But I want to outline for you what we currently offer. And that would be what we traditionally call small groups. They meet for six to eight weeks. It's designed for the people who feel like they're really busy. Um, We launch them in the fall, in the winter, and the spring, and so there's always a new entry point and a new off-ramp if you so choose. Currently, the groups that are meeting have just begun, so there's still room for you to join if you'd like, and we're discussing the weekly sermons. But some of them have also discussed a book or a book of the Bible in other times. I asked a couple people to share how joining a small group has impacted their life, and here's what two of you said. My Tuesday morning women's Bible study challenges me to read and study my Bible. We share our joys and laugh together. We share our needs and then we pray with and for each other. As we share what's going on in our lives, we get to know one another better in a deeper way than we would by simply saying hi on Sunday morning. Someone else said this, we were grouped with some people we didn't know very well and we were a little bit nervous about them but it turned out to be the greatest blessing ever. Trust God because he knows what he's doing. These two people engaged beyond Sunday and it made all the difference in the world to them. Devote your life to God and his people will transform your life. So I'm gonna suggest a small challenge to you. Between now and summer, we have two different rounds of small groups, winter and spring. Will you engage here for the next four months by attending a Sunday service plus one of our small groups that I mentioned before? And see if your life doesn't change for the better. If by summer you think you've wasted your time, that's fine. You can go back to what you have been doing. I think the opposite will be true. I've seen this over and over again. When people raise their engagement, their quality of life goes up. They connect with God, they connect with people, and they begin to discover their purpose in life. And that's what I would want for every single one of us. So I'm gonna invite the band forward, and I wanna pray for you. God, we, I've given this challenge, a small challenge, but it may feel like a large challenge for some to engage and increase their level of engagement in this church community over the next few months. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that, that you would um, stir in people's hearts to what that next step is in their life, the next level of engagement for them, so that they can know and understand God in a deeper way, and know and understand this church community in a deeper way, and develop new relationships we are better in circles than we are in rows. I pray that every single person here would find a way to connect with God and connect with other people and know exactly what you have called them to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.